She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour. As always, we have an amazing woman today, and she has actually been voted one of the top 50 businesswomen in Los Angeles every year for the past 10 years. Please give a warm welcome to the founder of Maria's Italian Kitchens, Madeline Alfano. Hi, Madeline. Hey, hey Kathy. How you doing? Yeah. Or can and I say Maddie? Do you, you go? Please call me Maddie, and, okay. and I and I I just want to make clear that my mom actually Maria is the founder. I just built the business, so okay. I always have to give my mom Maria. Oh my the gosh! For and that. for a woman to be starting a business in that time frame, you know, was a pretty trailblazing thing, right? It, it was remarkable. So yeah. my mom with five small children and an Italian husband who was a, a gambler truck driver, <laughs> and she started her own um, little market and then um, built a Maria's Italian kitchen right out of a garage. So she was really remarkable. And from, wow. you know, that's that's just a great story. Yeah, I think you got her DNA. Her. A little bit, <laughs> yes. A little bit, right. So um, you actually, though, were born in New Jersey. Hoboken, New Jersey, yeah. uh, which is the home to many, many famous people, including uh, Frank Sinatra. Oh, my gosh. Is fact, that where he's uh, from? Yes. And in fact, uh, Frank Sinatra's mom uh, was the midwife for my three uncles. My mom was the first to be born oh in a gosh. hospital. So it's a lot of wow. family history there. That is cool. A lot of good singing, a lot of good Italian food. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, and, and, and so before you moved out here, though, you all moved to uh, Long Island. Right. Right. Uh, my mother and father moved to Long Island, and uh, my dad was a truck driver, and that's when my mom actually first uh, opened a first little Italian delicatessen right around the corner. Yeah. So, uh, so she, she was the family entrepreneur. She is the family entrepreneur. Yeah. My, yeah, I always say she was the brains. My dad was the brawn. He was uh, <laughs> very good at, at, at executing yeah. uh, her, her wishes. What she said to do? <laughs> uh, for the most part, right. That's cool. So uh, entrepreneurship has always been in your family, in your blood, it sounds Absolutely. like. And so I was asking you about how you ended up moving out here. And the story was that you shared with me that your uncle had started Mateo's out here. And your mom was flown out to help with the recipes. And she fell in love with Los Angeles. And the rest is kind of history because then she brought your family out here. That's right. And uh, Mateo's, let's not pass over that, was uh, an iconic uh, Italian place, right? Didn't the Rat Pack used to go there? The Rat Pack. Oh, and, my gosh. And uh, all the celebrities. Sunday night was celebrity night at, at Mateo's. And uh, everyone wanted the same same booth. But yeah. my Uncle Mikey, who was the maitre d', uh, managed to, to, to make everyone feel welcome and yeah. uh it's something that we do at Marie's Italian Kitchen today. We want everyone to feel that they're they're a celebrity, yes. regardless of what their name is. Yes. And when they walk through that door, they're treated really, really special, and they get the best seat in the house. Yeah. Everyone gets the best seat yeah. in the house. I, I mean, I can see why you've been voted one of the top you know, businesswomen in Los Angeles for the past 10 years, uh, because you take such pride in what you do. You seem to love it. Uh, we've talked about, you know, how you give and get respect from the people that work with you and how that's important to you and being loyal and all of those good attributes of a, a good business owner that mm. I think, you know, it's all about karma. So, you know. Yeah, I love that. I love that, yeah. uh, the title of your of your company. And, and one of the things that really inspires me um, is uh, this last weekend, we... Uh, 
part of our culture is to um, well treat everyone with, res- with respect, which I've learned from my parents. Yeah. But but also educating and yeah. keeping everyone um, up to date and and just really letting them know that we live our culture. It's just not yeah. a bunch of words on a wall or a bunch of words in a in a, in a handbook. So right. we had what we call the recertification of all of our front of the house uh, employees. The Bussers and cashiers and servers and managers, and what great gave me the greatest pride was going around the room and asking people, you know, what restaurant they were working at and how long they worked there. And some was ten years, fifteen years, twenty wow. years, twenty-five years. Oh, that says a and lot. And I was so proud of that. Yeah. Uh, and so, like a newbie is a three-year-old, you know, three years. And today, you know, if a millennial works two years is an eternity yeah. so I was, yeah. I was really proud of that that's very cool yeah, yeah. and I, we have a big announcement for you yeah. uh, not only do you have the 10 Maria's Kitchens but your sister I just found out started Louis, Louise's Trattoria yes, she did. And, and you just bought those back um, and now you have like 14 locations uh, as of like a week ago so exactly. this is like all new breaking news it's That's breaking, very exciting. It's breaking news. It's an overnight that took two years in the process. I yeah. was uh, was working on this deal for about two years. But my sister Louise, my, my, my mother and father opened the original Marie's Italian Kitchen in Brentwood in 1972. And then my sister Louise and her husband w- were uh, working there. And mm-hmm. then they opened their first Louise's Italian Kitchen on 26th Street. Uh, in 1978 and what was really really interesting is when I looked at that the lease that I was assuming was the original lease that my mom had co-signed my mom and dad co-signed for my sister and her husband so it was really brought back such nostalgia I I wish I was paying the rent that they were paying in 1978 (laughs) but um, it's really great so now we have the Louise's uh, Louise's is back in the family so it's Louise's Trattoria and Marie's Italian Kitchen and the Montana location, um, this is just a cute little, tiny little location. It's just so great. Yeah. Got great personality. I've been there. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Larchmont's got yeah. a great, you know, what's wonderful is the team has really embraced it because they understand the history and they understand the culture and they understand yeah. we're just a family. Yeah. And we're just bringing it back in the fold. You know, they say kids move back with their parents. Yeah. So Louise is moving back with her mother. Yeah. And so I'm happy about that. And I love, you know, um, you know, you're a chain of restaurants, but you're one that um, actually has like the family recipes. And, and so it's kind of like, you know, coming over to your family's house for dinner, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And what's interesting is I, I was uh, cringing. Someone says like, oh, it's a chain. I think, well, I love when someone doesn't know that we have another restaurant. And yes. yet I'm upset if they don't know we have another restaurant. Yeah, that in between. Double, yeah, yeah. So, because uh, some chain restaurants get a bad rap as they should. Correct. But yours is like, that's what I wanted to do was set it apart and say, yes. but it feels like you're coming over to someone's home for a wonderful Italian family dinner. That's right. We yeah. make our raviolis from scratch. Wow. We hand roll our meatballs. Um our sauces and mm-hmm. soups and dressings are all made from scratch. Wow. Uh, we make everything with um, with love. Yeah. Uh, finest ingredients. That's We're the best using ingredient. the Pecorino Romano and the Reggiano Parmigiana. When you get your pasta, it's, it's shaved fresh. at your table. Love uh, that. And my mother was a big proponent of that, even though I said, Mom, it takes a lot longer. Can't we just put the shakers back on the table? No, it tastes better. And so, <laughs> so it's uh, Even it's psychologically, really it's nice to have somebody shaving it Absolutely. over your yeah. yeah, but um, so you know, I think uh, our viewers might want to know. Well, how did she 
really get into owning all these restaurants and how did you build this? And it's quite an amazing story. I mean, you did start in your uh, family's Italian market that they started when they moved out here to Los Angeles, which was deli, deli and meats and so forth, right? That's right. And then you had shared with me that a liquor store owner had bought it and really didn't know anything about the meats and you ended up uh, taking over the meat department, not knowing anything about being a butcher or anything, and you learned that part of the business That's right. from other people that you know did know how to do cut the meats and whatnot. Right. So I think that, you know, I think it's really cool. And uh, like like you, I believe you know if I don't know how to do something, I go seek somebody that knows that's really great at that and learn from them, learn from the best. Right. That, that's right. And so um, when I graduated from UCLA, I felt I was the only I was the first one in my entire family tree to graduate from a four-year college. Oh, so I was really? very proud of that. Wow, so such I'm, a great school. I was one school. of those first-timers, as they say. Yes, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a true Bruin. I'm on the alumni. Uh, uh, I'm on the undergraduate board of advisors yeah. and also the business school board of advisors. And I, you I, were even voted alumni of the year for your community yes, service. That was my Bravo. Great, that's my greatest honor, really. Yeah. It was really remarkable. And you don't you sit on the board of the uh, US, uh, the UCLA Entrepreneurs Program? Yes, I do. Yep. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, so being an entrepreneur is about risk-taking. Mm-hmm. It's about passion. Yeah. Um, but it's also about knowledge. Um, when you want to act, you have an idea, an idea is like 1%, you know, inspiration and 99% perspiration. Yes. You really have a great idea and you want to fill the need and you say, okay, there's an opportunity here. But then you have to, it's really a process. You know, how am I going to, how's the customers going to react to it? How am I going to get it from my, my, you know, my, my head into the restaurants through the process, right out to the customer, or whatever you're you're building or designing, right. It's all of those experiences along the way that you have yes. to really think about those processes, right. and then all of the what ifs. And, you know, right. What if this doesn't work? What if that doesn't work? You have to have a plan A, B, and C. Yeah. And so when I opened my first restaurant, I didn't really have a business plan per se, but mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a Virgo and I'm mm-hmm. very process oriented. Oh, so I wrote Virgo, everything. perfect yeah. for business. So <laughs> I thought about. You know what's so what's really important, and I and I shared with you uh, a, a cute story, and so what I learned is in any in any organization communication is key. Yes, that's what we're doing here. We're communicating absolutely, but it has to be clear, constant, and consistent communication. And if you're clear about what your expectations are, and you're constant and consistent with the message then you're going to achieve success and your your team's going to be happy and you're going to be happy. Right. So uh, I was just opening up my restaurant in, uh, I was 28 years old. I always said I had four strikes against me, right? I was 28, woman, opening a restaurant and blonde. You yeah. know, like it's like impossible, impossible that this is going to be successful. Right. Um, and so it was very busy and I, and I uh, had about 13 tables or 12 tables and I, and wait, this was over in the Valley. This is in the Valley. My and first you took restaurant. over an existing <laughs> business that was not doing well. No. Yes. And I love the name of the restaurant you took over. Right. You told me painted on the window was Joe Mama's. <laughs> yeah. And I'm it, like, you can't make this up. No, and, and, and it's funny because the uh, the kid that was uh, working there, Mike, uh, I call him Joe Mama. So for, for the rest of his life, he will always be Joe Mama to me. But um, that was another favor I was doing. So when I when I originally took over 
the market in yeah. Brentwood, I did the favor for the guy that bought it, and my because my mother voluntold me to do that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, my 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 daughter can run the market for yeah. you. So I learned I learned about butchering and all those things. Right. Um, and now when I was um, in my butcher department, the yeah. meat department. Uh, uh, a neighbor in Brentwood, he was a building owner. He said, hey, if there's a lady. She owns a building in the valley. She's got some guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Could you go help him? So she came in. I said, where's the, where's the location? It's in the valley. I never went to the valley. Right? So so you went over to the valley thinking you were going to help this guy, I not was, knowing you were going to open a restaurant. Absolutely. Oh because that's, you know, what I learned very early on, um, my mother and father were very... Um, Without using the term philanthropic, they yeah. were they were philanthropic. Yeah. They gave back, you yeah. know, whatever it took, you know, if they could help someone in any way. Um, our our doors were always open. People were always eating at our table. That we strangers became yeah. friends and yeah. family. Yeah. Um, so I took the address down and I drove down to uh, over you know the four hundred five and the one hundred one and got off at Woodman. I'm driving. I have no idea where I am in the valley because I wasn't familiar. For with those it. who are not from LA that are listening, us That's in the right. city never go to the valley. Yeah, so the west <laughs> that side was a big deal. We're right? the west side snobs, right? So, so you might have heard of the four hundred five and yeah. and we didn't travel that. Yeah. Uh, and past Mulholland was the valley. Yes, the San Fernando Valley. And there was a lot of movies made about valley girls and so forth. Right. Um, so I, I pulled up in front on Ventura Boulevard, and on the, the window was Joe Mama. I'm like, okay. So I walk in, <laughs> and I'm, I said, are you Joe Mama? Yeah. And, and it was a, an empty space. Yeah. Literally, it had a green painted floor, white cabinets, no food. And I said, like, what are you trying to do here? He said, well, I want to have a deli and food. I was like, well, you have no food, and you have no deli case, so what, what, what are you doing here? So he's like, well, do you want to buy it? And I had a deli in Brentwood at the time. I thought, I said, I don't know. I just got back from my first trip from Italy. Yeah. And that was in 1984. And And you were 28. I was 20. There was no real, there was no real trattorias, like neighborhood places Mm -hmm. where you can sit down and have a good, you know, another glass of wine. So in my head, I was creating this business plan. Juice glass, you know, drink out of the juice glasses, the wine. Because every restaurant in Italy, every neighborhood restaurant was delicious and casual. Yes. And so my parents in Brentwood, just that was just a takeout. It wasn't a sit-down. Right. So I thought, oh, maybe we do the first sit-down. Yeah. So as I was driving back uh, in my little Carmen Ghia back to Culver City, where I lived, I thought of this business plan, black and white check floor instead of red and white. And and the next day I called him, I said, okay, how much do you want? He goes, $15,000. I said, I think I might have that in savings. And so uh, with about $20,000, I opened my first restaurant because I did all the work, yeah. painted, press and stick floor. Uh, my, my dad and brothers and sisters, we all helped like kind of Put the place together. Yeah. Um, and and we you told me you got out. like 99 cent store plates. I got and, dishes from yeah. the 99 cent store, which was then the Akron. I got, uh, or Big Lots, um, tablecloths. Uh, it was it was a put together restaurant. Wow. And even the, I had uh, grocery shelves because I had no stores. So all of our products, the Checo pasta, the cans of tomatoes, olive oil, were all on the on the grocery shelves. Oh, wow. And I uh, had a big deli case with all the meats that we were using. And it was, uh, everything was used. All my equipment was used. I couldn't afford to buy anything new. And it was really, uh, it was really remarkable. And I learned um, about uh, the communication. So we get back to the communication. So as we're opening the restaurant, I said to uh, uh, the team, I said, okay, 
I, I put down 24 uh, salt and pepper shakers. And I said, okay, fill these with salt and pepper. And they said, okay. I said, great. And I went back, and I was doing something else. I come out, and I started to chuckle. I was laughing out loud <laughs> because every single salt and pepper shaker had salt and pepper in each shaker. <laughs> so they did exactly as I said, put salt and pepper in all of these shakers, and that's what it was. So I didn't say put salt in 12 oh, and pepper in the other 12. So I wasn't specific. Okay. I wasn't clear. And I learned that from then on, I wrote every manual for our team with very clear instructions right. so that way they can become successful. Because my yeah. philosophy is everyone that comes to work, they want to do a good job. Yeah. They want to feel good about what they're doing. Yeah. They want to be successful. And if they don't have direction, they don't know what to do, right. it's leaving it up to them, right. where this gives them some sort of right feedback. Path. Right, yeah. yeah. And and everyone wants feedback. And yeah. so it's great to say, hey, you know, great smile, you know, you're doing a good job today. Hey, can you can you work on this area? It's really important that um, they know the expectations. Mm -hmm. You keep your expectations high. Right. Um, because it's your name on the bottom of the check, and right. it's your name on the lease and on the bank loan if you right. get one, if you're yeah. lucky enough to get one. Yeah. So it's really important that, that you treat everyone with respect, but you also expect them to do their best. Right, right. Do you have any stories um, of people that have worked for you that, you know, you're proud of, that, you know, maybe they became a manager or maybe they went to college because they'd work for you or so you know I have great stories okay um, I figured I have you would. so many wonderful stories I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna focus on first story I have is um, for um, Olga uh, and Olga was my first uh, nanny when I had my first son Max my first child and that was in 1988 and uh, my pizza guy said I was pregnant very pregnant and I was working every day in the restaurants yeah. Uh, and that was in 1987. He was right. born in 1988. We forgot in to February. mention you have three children, right? I have yeah. uh, currently have Nicholas, who's my biological son. He's uh -huh. 26. He's a lieutenant in the military. And I'm proud to say he's a West Point graduate. Uh, he didn't get accepted to UCLA, but he got accepted to West Point. So that's good enough, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I have my bonus children. And uh, that's Josh uh, Tucker and Danielle Tucker. And uh, they're the proud children of my husband, uh, Jeffrey Tucker. He's Who I met the other day oh, at awesome. um, Shane's Inspiration Shane's Fundraiser, and he is lovely, yeah, a really a, nice guy. He's a chiropractor, and yeah. he teaches uh, he, he teaches uh, around the world. He practices, and uh, right now he's actually on a panel, uh, speaking on a panel, but his office is in, in Westwood. He's, he's great. He's remarkable. So I feel very blessed. And my first son, Max, who is my guardian angel, and that's why I wear my Your beautiful angel, angel pen, um, was born developmentally delayed, and mm -hmm. he passed away in uh, 2000 at the age of 12. And he was my inspiration for getting involved with so many um, uh, charitable organizations that uh, deal with... Uh, young children handicapped and right. we're very involved in that we don't, you don't say handicapped anymore special right. needs we're right. involved with that community yeah uh, oh, beautiful and yeah. his memory absolutely yeah absolutely awesome he's, he's always with me so uh we were saying a um, story yeah so so olga yeah. was my first nanny and yeah. uh and uh so i would have her do the deposits with max and they would she'd take them to the bank and then i would teach her how to do the the um the, the bookkeeping and then yeah. I brought her taught her English and then she came into the restaurants and she we translated all of our manuals into Spanish from the, from English and then she worked as a cashier and then a server and I'm proud to say today she has 
uh, a restaurant in Santa Fe, New Mexico called oh. Il Piccolino. Oh. And it's very much like a Maria's Italian kitchen. Oh, so, my gosh. And she's got three beautiful children and a great husband. I think and I ate there. It's, it's really We were just in joy. Santa Fe, yeah. And then... Oh, um, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then we wow. have Nikki, who uh, was a cashier when she was in high school. And then went to UC Santa Barbara. And I had a restaurant in Santa Barbara. And she worked there and was a shift supervisor. And then when she graduated... She became a manager and then a catering manager, and she met her wife at Maria's Italian Kitchen, and now she's a captain at uh, Trader Joe's. She's a, got a big management position. Oh, and that's great. So, you know, that's the best thing about yeah. us, uh, the small business owners yes. in this country employ so many people, right. and that's why it's important for us to be able to um, help <clears throat> female entrepreneurs right. to prosper. And right. so I want to talk about Nabo LA, which oh, you're the past president yeah. of. Um, Nabo LA and Nabo California, which right. has many chapters. Mm -hmm. Nabo stands, of course, for National Association of Women Business Owners. Correct. And you've been a member for a long time, right? I can't remember when I wasn't a member. That's <laughs> okay. How it is. Um, I, w I was a past president and now I'm currently the foundation chair. So we have two branches. We have the the member organization, which mm -hmm. has a lot of the events, and then we have the foundation, which is the fundraising arm, which um, which provides the funds for all of the educational programs that we put mm -hmm. on. And what's great about NAVO is we're not only an educational arm, but we are truly advocates for women business owners. Right. Um, and there's Did NABO uh, long ago, they were one of the ones that advocated for women to be able to get credit cards. Yes, uh, H that's how long they've been around. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Been a long time. Yeah, uh, it was HB fifty fifty, which it was only thirty years ago. Yes. Last October was thirty years ago, where a woman could not get a loan from a bank, right, unless she had a male relative sign the documents. I could have my son. My cousin, my uncle, my nephew, anyone yeah. that was a male. Yeah, this was in, in our lifetime. 30 years ago. Yeah, our right. lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I know. Yes. Yeah, let's see. Right. We were about 10 then. Well, I recall, <laughs> you know, when, when I, when I, yeah, right. So, so that was, uh, yeah. and when I was signing my first, my first agreements, my lease agreements, um, landlords would say, well, we need your husband's signature. I said, but it's not his business. It's my business. So yeah. it was still that, just, yeah. that's only, Unbelievable. Less than 30 years ago. So uh, if a woman is a business owner out there or even a leader in a corporation, uh, they should look into NABO, right. uh, either NABO LA or NABO California, or there are NABO chapters all over the world. So no matter where they are, excuse me, all over the U.S., uh, wherever they are, they can affiliate. And it's a wonderful built-in networking community of support for them to get resources, to make connections, uh, let's face it for, you know, my whole thing is that women need to help other women. And so that's really what NABO is all about. They have two big events coming up, right? Huge. Um, April 28th is uh, NABO's Propel, which is in Sacramento. So women from all over California will be coming to that, and they can learn about it on your uh, nabola.org website, right? Or NABO California uh, yeah, website. Yeah, we just... Yes. Yeah. And then, um, and then also, um, NABO LA has their 33rd annual uh, leadership uh, luncheon coming up. That's right. Yeah. It's so June 14th, and the yeah. theme is Kicking Glass. Love and it. And the reason we chose that theme is because just this year, we were uh, paramount. In fact, uh, Betsy Berkmer-Crader, who was uh, NABO 
cheerleader, and she's the she's she's the woman in my when I think of Nabo LA, I, I think of Betsy. Um, she worked with uh, Senator Jackson on getting SB eight twenty six passed in California, the state of California, signed by Governor Brown, mm-hmm. that um, is mandatory for California. Uh, publicly held companies to have women on their boards, mm-hmm. at least one woman and then soon to be two women. And that date is significant because in 1920, on August 26th, that's when women were able to vote. So oh that's that whole, so we've got this whole, yes. um, it's, it's, it's a very significant date yeah. um, for women. Slowly but surely we're making progress <laughs> thanks to entities like NABO. That's right. Um, and uh, like I said, April 28th, let's see, theirs is called um, the NABO California is called Choosing to Own It, right. um, and that's going to be in Sacramento. Right. And then June, 6th, June 14th, 14th yeah. is the, um, the annual right. NABO luncheon, the 33rd one, where they give awards and have amazing speakers at both of those events. Right. So um, if you're in the area and you're um, you know, a business owner or a, a leader, um, definitely a great mover-shaker group to align with. It's our big event, yeah. and you can uh, you can find out about it at naboLA.org/events. It's June fourteenth. Um, I encourage anyone in the business community to come to that. I also encourage anyone that that wants to sell to the business community. You know, yes, uh, insurance and CPAs and lawyers and bankers to buy tables and send your women who work in your offices to this event because it's quite inspirational. And uh, I, I always find that after that event, people feel so much better about mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They feel better about I think they the feel future. empowered. Exactly. Yeah. Empowered is a great well, word. Well, thank you so much for being on today, uh, sharing your wonderful story of building up these businesses over all these years and sharing how you got started. It's always uh, inspiring to hear how a woman gets started in an industry. And uh, it sounds like your family was just, uh, you know, born into the restaurant. Yeah, into food. Yeah. So thanks for being on and sharing your story and uh, and for encouraging other women to start their own restaurant businesses. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure, Catherine. Thank Thank you. Well, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Make it a great one. Hugs and happiness.